we said. The Press Box. A brand new week and a brand new Press Box podcast. Mike Grace here. My partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers, glad to have you aboard as we offer up just a slice of what you can hear each and every weekday on great stations around the state of Alabama. Want to find out where? Well, visit our website, pressboxradio.com. There you can check the affiliates page to find the station nearest you. On the episodes page, you can hear the show on demand, hour by hour, or simply press the listen button to hear the Press Box anytime, 24-7, online again at pressboxradio.com. We start what was a tough week, well, a tough weekend with Auburn, Alabama, South Alabama, all losing. Now trying to get some help from our buddy Jake Crane of the J-Boy Show. He was here, and of course, he joins us every Monday to talk about what happened. And of course, I had to start him last week with this stupid question. Jake, a simple question, man. Is there anything that keeps Alabama and Georgia from meeting in Atlanta in the SEC <laughs> Championship game, man? Well, you know, I don't work for NASA, so I can't see if there's any comets or meteors heading this way. But outside of that, uh, or an alien invasion, yeah. I don't think uh, so. What Was that an alien invasion or a meteor, or what happened in College Station on Saturday, man? Where'd that come from? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm leaning toward the aliens. Uh, <laughs> now, you know, it's, it's college football's funny. I mean, this year, now that we've had a spring, you know, you go back and look at it, and defenses are kind of able to be a little bit further than they were. Uh, but but I was as shocked as anybody. You know, I, I thought A&M played about how everybody thought A&M was going to play this year going into the season. Uh, everybody gets up for Alabama. Uh, that's what happens when you have the success that Saban and them have had over there. Uh, it was been as a perfect storm to me. You know, you, you get a punt blocked, and then you run a kickback for a touchdown. Uh, and, and, look, they did it. But the biggest part was the run game for A&M. I mean, that being able to balance out that offense, that's the thing they've been missing. You know, defensively, they didn't play great. They played good enough. Uh, they got a turnover when they needed it. They got a stop when they needed it. Uh, and Zach Calzada, you know, played the game of his life. So, you know, it's college football's funny like that sometimes. But I still think you're going to see Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship. But the question now becomes, if Georgia beats Alabama and Alabama has two losses, do they make the playoff? That's a good point. Jake Crane. Uh, joining us inside the press box on a Monday, recapping Texas A&M's win, and maybe it was aliens, Jake, because somebody got in those A&M uniforms. Maybe it was the 2020 Buccaneers, because that was a <laughs> Texas A&M offense that came in 101st in America in scoring offense, but got it done Saturday night. Mm. Yeah, uh, look, I, the offensive line playing two true for our two freshmen played out of their minds. Uh, I mean, they really did. Not only from a run game standpoint, but from a pass protection standpoint, Spiller and A-Chain were able to get four to five on first down, which kept Calzada clean, kept the receivers clean. You know, Watermeyer stepped up. It was just everybody that A&M had to have play well, played well. You know, uh, now Alabama, if you go back and watch that game, Alabama helped them out a little bit too. There were some big drops. You know, Bryce, I didn't think Bryce was bad. I mean, he threw for over almost 400 yards, three touchdowns, had the interceptions. Our interception, a couple, probably a couple decisions he would want back. But probably what shocked me the most was there late in the game when Alabama had the ball inside the five and didn't run it once. They threw it three times and and kicked the field goal. To me, that that was a huge difference in the game. And also with that, Jake, the fact that it's not like Alabama wasn't running it effectively. I mean, Brian Robinson. No, I mean, they were were clicking on all cylinders. I mean, they scored 38 points. I mean, if you're you're Alabama and you score 38 points, I mean, you you told me that, I think you're going to win. I think you probably win by about 10 or more. But it was just, 
you know, College Station was rocking. It was crazy. I mean, but, you know, this Alabama defense, we did see it a little, a little bit against Florida. And, and if you go back and watch, and it's, it's, it's on everybody. It's not on certain groups. But Alabama's linebacker group isn't like what it normally is. You know, Henry Toa Toa yeah. uh, is guys more of a more of a kind of pass coverage guy at Mike. You know, we're used to seeing Dante Hightower and, and all these big time big guys in the middle uh, that can go down and, and knock you out. Rolando McClain, guys like that, to where you know you're not running the ball. But it, it A&M was able to combo. They were able to get to the next level. Spiller and A Chain were able to break the line of scrimmage without being touched. They were able to press it where they wanted to press it. And that opened up the passing game. And, and really, A&M, if you watch the passing game, it was the intermediate passes. That's really what it was. You know, they hit a few vertical shots, but a lot of it was the intermediate passing game set up by the run game. Jake Crane, our, our guest here inside the press box. Bryce Young, 28 of 48. Not his best numbers in his defense, though. He was running for his life a good bit of the night. Yeah, and he had some drops too. Uh, if, no you, if you go back and watch, I mean, it's it's you know Especially it's, it's kind of like you know you look at Bo Nix's stat line too, and and he had a ton of drops. Uh, but now I, the offensive line, I think they gave up man, maybe five or six sacks, and that defense, whether it's Tyree Johnson, whether it was Clemens, whether it was Leal, uh, I thought Mike Elko did a good job of mixing in some pressures, but not having to rely on it. And that was that was a huge key, especially on third down. I mean, anytime you can pressure the quarterback. You get them playing at your pace. You speed up the clock, not only for him, but for the wide receiver, and it leads to sacks and also turnovers. Uh, and and it just – I was very – I was very surprised once again, like I was in the Florida game, how Bama played up front. Now, now they, they ran the ball for success. I mean, Brian Robinson had 150 yards. Uh, it just – it just shocked me, to be honest with you, how much A&M dictated the pace of that game throughout the whole game from the start to the finish. I mean, Alabama was playing catch-up the whole game. Now that this game's been broken down, Jake, in so many different ways and recaps, forecasting going forward, and I think we mentioned it earlier in the show in Hour 1, was you got a, a Texas A&M team that's on the upswing. They just beat the first, number one team in America. But now you got Alabama only one loss. The road to Atlanta and possibly a showdown against either Kentucky or Georgia looks very apparent, but could there be another slip-up? I think we've seen the holes in the defense early, magnified on Saturday. Does anybody else surprise the Crimson Tide? Well, you know, you've gotten through Ole Miss. Now you've played A&M. You know, that, that game at the end of the year is in Auburn, and, and Bryce hadn't started it and hadn't really played in it as, as the starter there in Jordan-Hare. And you see Alabama has some weaknesses. Uh, you know, LSU obviously really doesn't worry you. You got Mississippi State this weekend. You got to go handle business. It's It's been like the upside-down world and Stranger Things, the SEC West so far. Uh, but, I, but I still think, you know, you got to have Alabama as the favorite. We're going to release our SEC West power rankings today, which, you know, looking at that, it's pretty tough. But, I mean, Arkansas, to me, I still think they're a little too one-dimensional unless they're able to – to play like A&M did up front and, and, and protect, I just – I don't know if Arkansas has got enough personnel up front by the time they get to Bama. But, I mean, look, if, you, if you're Auburn, if you're Alabama, you know, you control your own destiny. A&M already has two yep. losses in the conference. I mean, Ole Miss. Uh, so, it's, it's going to be jumbled up, but I still have to lean Alabama right now. Let me, let me ask you about a couple that we, we normally don't think of. In years past, you may have thought about Tennessee, but suddenly 
they they look like they've got some stuff together. Are they that good? Or are they just playing some bad teams right now? Well, you know, I think two things can be true at once. I, I don't think from a personnel and depth standpoint that they're elite by any means. They've been able to to kind of beat up uh, on on some of the weaker teams in the SEC, but it's got them confidence. Uh, whether it be Missouri, uh, you know, or, or it, you know, with Tennessee, the crazy thing to me is, and, and you saw this against South Carolina, you saw it against Missouri, when they're playing weaker teams, they're able to jump all over you. Running that, uh, running that style of offense, that warp speed offense, the Star Trek offense, as we call it. Uh, once you're able to get up on teams and you have them playing catch up, that's fine. But when you play teams that are worth their salt, and you come out and you're running at warp speed, and you don't have a ton of depth on defense, and you get behind, or maybe you get a couple three and outs, or it's not working sometimes, like it always does when, when you're dealing with the game of football. That's when in the second half teams lean on you. And, and you see Tennessee kind of fall under the tent. You go back to the Florida game. They didn't score a point in the second half. Florida just leaned on them. And I wonder if, they, if when they play better teams uh, and, and they're not hitting on all cylinders like they are offensively, how big of a hole that puts them in. That's something I'm still waiting to see. That's something that we'll find out over these next four weeks because that schedule gets a little tougher. I know you referenced Arkansas uh, just a minute ago. Take – Take what the game means, the the coaches, where they are in their tenures, big picture standings, all that stuff out of the equation. How much fun was that Arkansas Ole Miss game to watch? If you saw it, I know you, you had a lot going on, but, man, I got a chance to watch that almost start to finish, and that was a fun game to take in. Yeah, no, I had it on one of the five TVs playing during during that time of day. I call it I call it Jake's so special time. Yeah. Um, look, when I go back and watch that game, now I'm a defensive guy, <laughs> so it's it kind of sure. gives me anxiety a little bit. But watching the big plays, you know, I thought the downfield passing game was just incredible to watch from both teams. I mean, Traylon Burks for Arkansas made some catches. You know that that, that was Hogwarts worthy. Uh, the big thing for Ole Miss, and I talked about this on Friday, their keys to the game was they had to have somebody outside of Braylon Sanders really become a true weapon uh, at the receiver position. You know, running the ball, Ole Miss, their offense is huge running the ball. People don't realize that. They led the SEC in rushing last year uh, on a per-game average. Everybody thinks Lane Kiffin is just out here, you know, like Mike Leach in the air raid. That's not it. And, you know, what What I thought uh, Alabama did a great job of when they played him was taking away their run game getting them in third and passing and saying Braylon Sanders isn't going to beat me. Uh, but this week they had Dontario Drummond step up as another guy because y'all remember last year, I mean, they had Braylon Sanders, Elijah Moore, Mingo, Yaboa to go along with Snoop and Ely. So, so they had a ton of weapons they could go to and you really couldn't funnel them. Well, I thought Ole Miss did a good job of developing some other guys this week. Mingo's out with a broken foot. But, I mean, each team – they had over 600 rushing yards by the time the fourth quarter hit, which is the first FBS game to do that this year. That's insane. That is a ton of yards, and that was just rushing. Uh, it was, sometimes the game happens like that, especially when you're playing a team like Ole Miss. But Arkansas was playing at Ole Miss's pace. So when you play at somebody else's pace, it's hard to hold on at the end, and that's what we saw. But I love Sam been going. His enterprise is called the J-Boy Show. Jake Crane in the press box with us. Uh, it's 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 going to sound like three questions, but Jake, I promise I think you can get it done with one reply because it all goes together. Looking at the Georgia Bulldogs, do they need JT Daniels back or can Stetson Bennett lead them to Atlanta and possibly a national title 
And which of those two quarterbacks does Kentucky want to see Georgia use when they have their showdown? Well, I, I'm sitting here looking at this, and, and I mean, they're playing so good right now, and the chemistry is so good right now. If JT isn't back by the Florida game, I don't know how you can put him back in there if they're playing this well. I mean, yeah. you look at the landscape of college football. Georgia's the best team in the country. And Stetson, we call him the accountant. But Stetson just does a great job of going in there and, and not trying to do too much. And I, I think his legs are, are a lot better than what people think. His running ability is a lot better than what people think. And if I'm Kentucky at this point, watching the way Stetson was able to operate last week, was if you'd have told me that Stetson and Lad McConkey were going to be out here balling, I'd have thought you were talking about something. I'd have been like, all right, what what major case is it? You know, and yeah. not like what what football game are we talking about? So. Uh, if it's me and I'm Kentucky, I'd rather see JT Daniels because Stetson Bennett's hotter than a fat kid in a sleeping bag right now. That's so good. That's a nicely, nicely played card right there. Um, does he remind you, not necessarily in terms of style, but what you're describing took me back pretty quick to the, the early part of Nick Saban's tenure, his, his first national championship, and Greg McElroy running the show at quarterback. I mean, a guy who doesn't get you beat is good, but that you don't always rely on to win the game, but can make a play for you when you need it in a crucial situation. Uh, with all the other pieces that Kirby has built there, you definitely can win it all with that type guy at quarterback, even in 2021, can't you? Yeah, you know, again, and, and I, I hate the term game manager because I think every quarterback should be a game manager. If you have a quarterback that's not managing the game, then you're in trouble. You'll manage to I, lose. I, I, I tell you who he kind of reminds me of, and, and I, I agree on the on the Greg McElroy comparison. He kind of reminds me, and when I watch him run, a little bit of Trace McSorley from Penn State. Like, if you watch them, they're yeah. about the same size. they got yeah. about the same arm. And they get asked to do the same things. You know, Trace played with Saquon. They didn't ask him to do a whole lot. But he was able to escape when he needed to. He was able to throw on the run when he needed to. And he had a pretty nice deep ball. So I, th that's a comparison that I've been, I've been looking at. But I like the Greg McElroy one. I mean, he's just stable. You know, you, yeah. you never feel like, like Georgia's out of control. You don't see a ton of procedure penalties. You didn't see uh, a lot of false starts at all with him under center and Jordan Hare. And it was rocking. So... Uh, if I'm Georgian, I'm a Georgia fan. I just want to keep the train rolling. And right now, Stetson's the conductor. When Auburn lost, was it Smoke Monday to targeting? And Stetson Bennett got up. I'm like, okay, he's on his feet. But he has no idea what day of the week it is or what stadium. That was a <laughs> lick. And he still kept playing at a high level. I was, I was like, okay, this guy's little, but he sure is tough as nails. No, he's a, he's, he's a tough guy. That, that was a tough play for Smoke, too, at the angle he came down on. Uh, and, and Auburn, you know, they, they don't have the personnel. But the funny thing was, you know, Auburn, to me, you know, blew a ton of chances. I mean, you, they, they dropped a ton of balls. I mean, uh, you know, you had a couple plays in there. You really could have changed the game, you know, especially on that first drive. But now Stetson's really tough. I, I think he's a good – I think he's just a good fit for this team. Jay Boy, uh, Jay, Jay Crane, host of the Jay Boy Show with us here inside the press box with Chris, J.D., and Mike. Does Kentucky have a chance against Georgia this weekend? No, they don't, but it's it's such a great story. It's such a great story. Um, I, I had them finish second in the East before the season, and now uh, uh, now something like that's going to happen. You know, if you're Kentucky, you just want to go out there and play as clean as you can uh, and see where the chips fall. But from a personnel standpoint, I just I don't see anybody competing with Georgia right now. 
Leave it to me to put you on the spot. Uh, I think it's, what, seven weeks to the SEC championship game? Uh, break out your crystal ball. Who are we going to see play for the SEC title, East-West? Oh, man. I think I think we're going to end up seeing. That's a great question. I mean, I've got to go chalk here with Bama and Georgia. I just think, you know, Saban and them do such a good job of being able to fix problems. They have the ability and the players with the athleticism to be able to fix problems. So, Give me Bamp in Georgia. Follow him on Twitter at the J Boy Show. And again, find the show online at thejboyshow.com. That's Jake Crane, star of the J Boy Show, visiting with us here inside the press box. A reminder that if you like what you hear, a couple things you can do for us. Subscribe to this podcast so you get the brand new ones every time they come out. And if you tell a friend about us, that would be fantastic as well. They can find us wherever they find their favorite podcast, Apple and Google, plus iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever they find their favorite podcast. All they have to do is search for Press Box Radio 1. That's Press Box Radio and the number one for the Press Box Podcast. Hey, if you want to find us on social media, we're there. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's that same handle, Press Box Radio 1. That's Press Box Radio and the number one. Mike Grace here for my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers. Until next time, Inside the Press Box.